Today we're going to talk about the God of peace. The God of peace. Uh, Throughout your Bible, you will find over 900 names for God. 900 descriptions for God. 900 titles for God. What I'm going to do is probably over the next three or four weeks, maybe go five or six, I'm not really sure yet. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the names of God and some of the titles of God because I think that when you know God's name, it's going to build your faith to seek God, love God, worship God, run after God, turn to God in times of trouble. And so I don't want you to just know about a God out there somewhere, but I want you to know his name. I want you to know his character because how many know that there is character and there is description and there is identity in names? Amen, everybody. And so I'm going to teach, let me, give me 10 minutes to teach and then I'll preach, okay? Can I have your patience real quick? When we say God has a name, we say that because God is not a name. Okay, one more time. It's 10. When I say God has a name, the reason we've titled that, titled that is because God isn't a name. God is a title. Okay, so let me explain. I'm a male I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a pastor, but that's not my name. My name is Jabin Seth Chavis, and if I ever have a boy, I'm going to name him Jabin Seth Chavis II. I don't know if I'm going to get an amen from my wife, but that's what I'm going to call him, amen. Even if we name him Jimmy, I'm calling him Jabin, amen, okay. So God is his title. God means the creator and ruler of the universe, the source of all moral authority, the supreme being. A spirit to be worshipped as having power over nature or human fortunes, a deity. So see, when I say praise God, I could be talking about a lot of different deities, a lot of different spirits. Hindus worship thousands and thousands and thousands of gods, right? So So God could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I want to show you who God is in scripture, okay? So here's God's most holy name. It's Yahweh. Have y'all ever heard that before, Yahweh? A different transliteration of the same word is Jehovah. So Yahweh and Jehovah, if you've ever read those in your Bible or hear that, it's the same word. Now, The reason that this is so important is because in the beginning, Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth, right? But now he's going to describe himself. He's going to show who he is. In Genesis 2, we find out his name, the Lord made. And on day one, the Lord God made. And on day two, the Lord God made. And on day three, the Lord God made. So the Lord is his name. And Lord, in our English transliteration, from the Hebrew language, I know I'm kind of, I know it's like, well, bro, we just sang. What are we talking about right now? I'm just, I'm going to preach in a second. You're going to love it. Lord, when you read that in the Old Testament, is the Hebrew word Yahweh. So God's giving us his name. Now, this word Yahweh is awesome. It means God above all gods. Hey, Lord above all lords. Pre-existent one. Uncreated one. Eternal one, ever-present one. He's always been. He'll always be. He doesn't have a beginning or an ending because he is the beginning in the ending. He's, he's Yahweh God. Now, this is so powerful because when God introduces himself to 
the beginning of the father of faith, as God is about to create a people for himself, he introduces himself to a man named Abram. This is Genesis 12. We won't turn there right now. Stay in Philippians 4. I'm just giving you a little bit of foundation. Now, when God comes to Abraham, here's how God introduces himself in Genesis 12. The Bible says the Lord called Abram. So God introduces himself to Abram in his most holy name. The Jewish people would say the most holy name for God is Yahweh. It's so holy that they won't even say Yahweh. They actually say Yah. Because they, they won't even use the vowels. It's so holy they don't even want to say it. So when God introduces himself to his first man, Abraham, the father of the nation and the father, according to Romans 12, of our faith, he, he says, Abram, I want you to know who I am. I want you to know my name. My name is Yahweh. Now, here's why this is so important, because Abram, your Bible tells you, is from the Chaldeans. Now, the Chaldeans were crazy, okay? And they were wild. And they had many gods for many things. In other words, if you need rain, you go pray to the rain God. And if you need fire, you go pray to the fire God. If you need a baby, you go to the baby God. And if you need corn, you go to the corn God. And if, and if you need beef, you go to the cow God. And, and so on. They had a God for everything. Okay. Woo. Oh, I'm trying not to get excited. So God rolls up and says, I'm the God, capital G, above all God's lowercase g. I'm Yahweh, Abram. In other words, and by the way, we're monotheistic, not polytheistic. In other words, we don't worship many gods. We worship one God. This is very important because this is how God introduces himself to his people. He says, Abram, when you need water, you don't go to the water God anymore. Because I'm Yahweh. I'm, I'm everything. I'm the God above all God. You don't need those little G gods that you've created in your own mind. I'm, I am the water God. Abram, when your wife is barren and you're trying to have a baby, you don't need to run to those other gods anymore. You got me now. You got Yahweh. Abram, when you're hungry, you come to me because I'm your sustainer. I'm Yahweh. Abram, when you're tired, I'll be your rest. Abram, when you're hurting, I'll be your healer. Abram, when, whatever you need, I am. So, so then God introduces himself to another one of his men, Moses, in Exodus 3. And he says, yo, Moses, tell Pharaoh, this is my name. I am. And in the Hebrew language, what he actually said was, I am Yahweh. Well, whose I am? I am whatever you need. I'm thirsty. I'm water. I'm hungry. I'm food. I'm depressed. I'm joy. I'm barren. I can give you a baby. I'm sick. I'm healer. I am whatever you need me to be because I'm Yahweh. I'm pre-existent one. I'm Lord above all little lords. I'm God above all other gods. Every other God is part of creation, but I was before creation. So God is telling Abram, you don't need many gods. And Jabin's telling City Light, you don't need many gods. Well, Jabin, I don't, I don't worship idols. Yeah, yeah, it's 2018. We don't get in front of a little statue and, well, where's your source? Where do you run in trouble? 
Who do you run to first? God's saying, you don't need all that. You need me. So I don't need anything else. I need God. And God has a name. His name is Yahweh. See, this is why Exodus 20 verse 3 is so important. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay. God is not petty or salty. God knows that idolatry will ruin your life. Because idolatry is the raising up of creation and the tearing down of the creator. Check this out on your screen. The danger of idolatry is not only that it tries to raise something up in creation. Money, sex, power, you name it. To the value of the creator, but it also tries to pull down the creator to the level of creation. So it's not only that I could actually think that money could satisfy me. It's that I could limit God, that God could only be as big as this bill. So it doesn't just raise up creation, but it tears down the creator. And God says, you don't need that anymore because I'm Yahweh. So I can never compare anything temporal to the beauty, the power, the greatness, the majestic glory of my eternal God. And God has a name and his name is Yahweh. Can I get one amen real quick and I'm going to keep moving? Oh, come on. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. So now the New Testament's going to back this up. Jesus rolls up in John 8. Man, Jesus is awesome. And he goes, before Abraham was, I am. Now, in the actual language, here's what Jesus said. Before Abraham ever was created, I already was. Okay. Now, you read that and you go, oh, that's cool. That's why it's in caps. I am is in caps. The next verse says that the men tried to kill Jesus. You go, yo, why is everybody in a bad mood? <laughs> Let me tell you what Jesus did, just did. He just claimed that he was God. He just claimed that he is the eternal, ever-present one. Jesus just said, I'm Yahweh. That's why we call him Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. See, friend, all you need is Jesus. Okay, let me show you this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. And you have been made complete in Christ. Not 99% complete, not almost complete. So if you don't feel complete, you've got a Jesus issue. Because he's the head over every small God. Ruler in authority. He's, he's Yahweh God. So everything I need is found in Jesus. I'd like to be married, but I'm complete. I'd like to have more money, but I'm complete. I'd like some things in my life to change, but I am complete. I am believing for better days, but while I'm waiting, I'm complete. I would like some things to turn in my favor. Absolutely. I'm believing for blessing. Absolutely. I, I believe that God wants to bless my life in a ridiculous way. Absolutely. But while I'm in the process, I'm not incomplete. 
And many of you say, if I get married, I'll be complete. But two halves don't make a whole in the kingdom. You must be complete in Christ for yourself. Know who you are. Know who you're not. Know what you really want and then don't settle. And while you're waiting, you're complete. Friend, I would rather get married at 35 to the right person than 18 to the wrong person. And the church has been so dumb back in the day because we said, well, if you got pregnant, I guess you need to get married. What? Well, you didn't grow up in legalism like I did, but that's how, that's how I grew, grew up. How, how dumb? Two wrongs don't make a right. You got pregnant. Love that kid. Raise him. But wait for the right person. Listen, you're complete in Christ because he is Yahweh God. Jesus is everything you'll ever need. Am I preaching to anybody? So now there, there are hundreds of these in the Bible. The God of, fill in the blank. The God of hope, the God of peace, the God of Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of Jerusalem. I mean, we could go on and on and on. There's, there's the Lord of this and the God of this. There's hundreds of them in your Bible. We're going to look at three or four over the next few weeks. So I just, I just, I want to get this in your, in your, in your heart. God has a name. Old Testament, his name is Yahweh. New Testament, his name is Jesus. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God treats people, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God responds to need, look at Jesus. Jesus is God with a face. And the Holy Spirit is God everywhere. But if you want to know the character and nature of God, we look at Jesus because he is Yahweh God. He, he, would, he would say this in Revelation under just like a Holy Ghost swag and say, I'm the one who was. And I'm the one who is, and I'm the one who is to come. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm everything. So that's who Jesus is. That's the God you serve. Now, I want to talk about the God of peace. Philippians 4, verse 9. And the God of peace will be with you. Turn to someone that you do know so it's not too uncomfortable and tell them, God is with you. Tell them that. Come on, God is with you. God is with you. Look at one more person and say, the God of peace is with you. Tell them that. The God of peace is with you. Okay. Who is God? God is the God of peace. This Hebrew word for peace, and I, you know, I, just to, I always say, you know, in the Hebrew or in the Greek, I don't say that to try to be fancy. It's just that this, this collection of books that we call the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew, and so a lot of times in English, it just doesn't quite make sense, right? Because English language is actually pretty weak compared to some of the ancient languages that had so much beautiful meaning. And so that's why I try to give you the meaning in these other words, okay? I, just, so you, just so you know. You're like, why is he talking about Hebrew? Okay, it's just because that's what it's written in. This Hebrew word for peace is the word shalom. Have you ever heard that shalom? Uh, if you were to go to Israel today, if you were to walk the streets of Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, and you would say hello to someone, you would say shalom. Just like if you were in Hawaii, you would say aloha. It's a greeting for hello and goodbye. And here's what shalom means. It means confidence. Ooh. Okay, if he's the God of peace, then he's the God of confidence, righteousness, relief, 
trust. I love this definition, all right. <laughs> he just makes things all right. Security, welfare, calm, well-being, prosperity, wholeness, completeness. Wow. When you receive Jesus as Lord, you receive the God of peace. Let me, let me give you peace on the screen. Peace is internal. Peace is eternal. And peace changes the external. Can I get an amen, everybody? Pete, keep that up for one more moment for people who want to take notes. It's, it's internal. It's real. It's, it's, it's more real on the inside than anything that's happening on the outside. It's eternal. It's forever. See, the world's peace is hard to get and easy to lose. God's peace is easy to get. And it's hard to lose. Did y'all just hear me? You can literally get in your car, put on some worship, take a deep breath and say, Jesus. And whew, that peace of God can flood your soul. It's internal, it's eternal, and it changes the external. Let me give you three things about peace real quick. I got to move quickly. If I want peace, I need God. If I want peace, I need God because he's the God of peace. Friend, if you want peace, you need God. You need God. Uh, let me just share a little truth with you real quick. Everything in scripture is designed to flow through a relationship with God. In other words, you don't go to the book, find a promise, claim it, and that's all you need. No, you find a promise and you run to Jesus. It's all designed to get you back to the feet of Jesus in relationship. So if I want peace, I don't just say certain things or do certain things. I go back to God because he's the God of peace. Look what he says here, John 14, 27 in the Amplified. Peace, I leave you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, so it's different than the world's peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Let, now, let, let it happen. You got to allow it. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. These are the words of Jesus, friend. But here's what Jesus says about peace. You must allow it to happen. And notice that he said it's not like the world. So the world is offering peace. If I can just get to Maui for 10 days, I know I can get my peace, man. If I could just do, if I could just make more money, if I could just, and I believe in all those natural things that help your life, okay? I ain't complaining about Maui. Bless the Lord. Jesus lives there, okay? He does. But I, the, that's what the world says. If I had a little more of this, a little more of that, a little less of this, a little, oh, then I would have peace. But, but that's, that's hard to get. And it's easy to lose. So the, the, the peace that Jesus offers is easy to get. It's hard to lose. It can happen anywhere at any time. I could let 
the peace of God rule and reign in my heart. Well, Jabin, how do, I, how do I let it happen? Isaiah 26, verse three. You keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. How do I get peace? I put my mind on Jesus and I trust Jesus. Okay. I need the God of peace. I need to keep my mind on the God of peace. I need to trust the God of peace. Can you say amen? amen. I feel the peace of God yes. ruling in this room right now. I'm telling you, some, somebody getting answers right now. I, I feel this. Number two, peace is not the absence of the storm. It's the presence of Jesus. Huh. Life doesn't have to be perfect for you to have peace. Circumstances don't have to be perfect for you to have peace. Your marriage doesn't have to be perfect for you to have peace. Your teenager doesn't have to be acting like Jesus Jr. for you to have peace. You can have peace even in the midst of the storm. Peace is not the absence of a storm. It's the presence of Jesus. Jesus in Mark chapter 4, he says, hey guys, we're going to go over to the other side. Okay, they were on one side of a lake, they were going to the other side of a lake. He said, get in the boat, we're going. Now that's the will of God, okay? We are going to the other side. By the way, you're going to the other side. It's going to get better. You're going to make it. There's breakthrough coming, there's destiny, destination, there's God moments, there's freedom from addiction, there's freedom from fear, there's freedom from strongholds, there's freedom from poverty, there's freedom from sickness. I'm getting to the other side. I'm, I'm going to walk in my promise. The promise was I'm getting to the other side. So what does the devil do? He throws a storm at him. Because the enemy is constantly trying to get you to not go to the other side. So as the storm hits... The disciples are freaking out like we do. And look what the Bible says, Mark 4, 39. Jesus arose. He woke up. <laughs> he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Huh. Hear me, friend. If Jesus is in your boat and the heavens, yes, the highest heavens cannot contain the Lord. That's what the Bible says then no storm is bigger than your boat. It might look bigger, but it's not bigger. It might look greater, but it's not greater because I have the greater one in my boat. I have the greater one on the inside of me. And even when life looks bigger than me and the situation looks bigger than me, I'm in the boat with Jesus. I ain't running out. So the storm is not bigger. Listen, Jesus was not asleep because he didn't care. He was asleep because he was at peace. Friend, you can sleep in a storm. You don't have to lose sleep tonight. No matter what the doctor told you Friday. No matter the meeting you have to walk into Monday. No matter, the, no matter the person you're going to lay by tonight. No matter the situation that you know you have to face this week, you can still go to sleep tonight, even in a storm. Because Jesus is in my boat. And Jesus is not asleep because he doesn't care. He's asleep because he's at peace. And now we can walk in that same kind of peace. A kind of peace that rests no matter the situation.
Now, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. A storm came. I was the attack of the enemy. Jesus then declared peace. Here's what that means. It means that I'm going to need peace in order to fulfill God's call on my life. Did y'all hear me? You can't walk in the fullness of your destiny, stressed, tired, depressed, broken, forever. It'll wear you out. You're going to need the peace of God. And the offer of Yahweh God, Jesus Christ, is that he's the God of peace. He wants to get in that boat with you. And he's going to calm the storm, but even before he calms the storm, he wants to calm you. Can I get an amen? One more. uh, Come on up, Jorge. Number three, be a peacemaker. James 3.18, peacemakers sow in peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. (laughs) A peacemaker. I make peace. Hey, dads. You need to make peace in your home. Thank you, Weston. What did you just say? You need to be the thermostat of your home, not the thermometer, the thermostat. Hey, dads, you dictate the spiritual peace of your home. That's why when you walk in from a day of work and you're ticked and you're mad and you're tired and I get it, and you roll in and doors are slamming and things are moving and you're mad because the house is dirty or you're yelling at the kids or you're stressed and I just need a drink and I just... That's why fear is called a spirit because you can actually release a spirit in your home. And you intimidate your wife and you intimidate your kids. I'm prophesying to somebody. And there's now a spirit of fear living in the house. Or dad... You can get in your car after a tough day of work and you can throw on some worship and you can pray in the Holy Ghost and you can worship God and you can say, God, I need grace for tonight. Like, just get me through tonight, Jesus. And you can pull into that car, into that car park, you can pull into that garage and you can close your eyes and you can lift your hands and you can say, God, I don't feel like I have the grace for it, but I know you have the peace for it. I need to walk into that home and I have to be a peacemaker. I got to set the tone for my house. Help me, Jesus. And your wife doesn't know what you're carrying and your kids especially don't know what you're carrying. And you walk in the house, hey, everybody. And now instead of being a fear maker, You're a peacemaker. And the home lifts, and your wife goes, Baby, did you have a great day at work? And you go, (laughs) I make peace. I sow peace. I say peace. Matthew 10, verse 13 says, Jesus said, You walk into a home and you give it your blessing of peace. I declare over every household, peace. Be still in the name of Jesus. Peace. See, you got to say it. You got to make it. You got to declare it. Jesus said, give it the blessing of peace. 
blessing was always spoken and still must be spoken. We say that one more time. Blessing was always spoken and it still must be spoken. Gotta say it. Peace. Lay your hands on your kids and say peace. Grab your, grab your spouse's hand and say peace. Drive to work and declare peace. I'm telling you, friend, if you're single, put your hand on your chest and say peace. And if you're full of hormones, just say be still. <laughs> and don't go back it up at the club. Just be still. He's the God of peace, friend. He's the God of peace. Anybody grateful for his peace? Come on. I want you to want you to walk in it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friends right now. I pray in the name of the Lord that you would release peace in every situation. I thank you that today Jesus is in our boat. Lord, if you're at rest, I'm at rest. So as you're calming the storms around me, and I know you are, calm the storm within me. Peace. Be still in the name of Jesus. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, if you're in this room and you would say, Jabin, I'm not a believer in Jesus Christ, and I don't know Jesus personally, and I would like to know this Jesus Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Come on, everyone in the room, say, Jesus. Forgive me of all my sin. Change me from the inside out. I want peace with God. I want peace in my heart. Make me brand new. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.